Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Lakeidra Kirby, thank you so much. You gals do a phenomenal job. I love your shirt, Detroit Bad Boys in the house. I used to have the Wheaties boxes. I used to collect those things. You remember with Isaiah Thomas on the cover and Walter Payton and things, anyone old enough to remember that one? I kept them in, a, in like the styrofoam plastic wrapper and, and I, I've had them all the way. My parents got divorced and I was eight years old and I kept them through that and I kept them all the way till about a year ago and I'm like, I didn't steal these right. It's kind of like, I don't know what's in these things anymore, you know? It's just, they were stale to say the least, and I don't think they're worth much. When I got online, I saw guys that had them like mint in case and like glass cases that were sent away, and they were, anyways, that's what I thought when I thought Detroit Bad Boys was about my Wheaties boxes that were worth nothing that I saved them for 15 years, 15 years, 15 years worth nothing, 15 years, okay? This morning is amazing. It's not every day that you get to introduce one of your heroes. And when Jesus got a hold of my heart in 2002, the definition of hero for me started to change radically. It was people that started to live by faith. It was people that started to invest in people in places that might be tough. People that believe that the outcast can be the first pick. People that believe that sometimes when things are dark that you could actually just bring a flashlight and maybe the situation would change. I was working at a car lot on the corner of Pennsylvania and Kavanaugh and in between people come in to come hopefully buy a car but it didn't always happen that way. There's a lot of dead time and I would get online and I'd look to see people that were serving the Lord in faith and I would read a blog of a guy named Chili Chilton and his blog was called I Chili. And he talked about how his family, five kids, left a prominent youth ministry, got called to go to the inner city of Detroit 10 years ago, 11 years ago. Detroit's been on the news for a long time, and especially 11 years ago. Uproots his family, takes them there, has kids there, lives there, blooms there. Pastors three locations there actually opens a church in a nightclub at the Magic Stick. Opens a church in Hamtramck where, look, there's not a lot of churches down there. And I got an opportunity to read his blogs, live his story, be encouraged by the way he wrote, the way he lived in faith, and was so inspired. And then I actually got to go team up with them down there. And for an outreach, it was, uh, uh, it was feeding, it was uh, like, a, like a hope campaign where there was tens of thousands of food supplies or food packets and, and bags and stuff going to neighborhood. And I, I got to wrap outside and then that opened a door for us being connected and rooted together. And now, fast forward all that, God's called him back to Lansing. And he's a youth pastor at Spin Student Ministries at Mount Hope Church. And we just rocked out a concert Friday night. It was crazy. And actually, he ended the night and he dropped the microphone. Literally, he dropped it on the ground. And then he said what he was doing, he was praying that it wouldn't break. And so, to say the least, this is somebody who's been inspiring me, even from the days when I was selling cars in 2003 who was way further along in the road. And now I consider a dear friend, somebody that's been inspiring me for a very long time, to church plant, to inner city, 
to be a rare breed, to love people when it's tough and it's messy, to disciple through the ups and downs of it all. And he's here this morning and it's chilly outside, but we got Chili Chilton in here. Come on, give it up for Chili Chilton this morning, Cot. Yeah. Man, what an awesome introduction. I should just stop right there. It's awesome. Let's grab this. Good morning, City Life. How are you? Yeah, are you good? I'm used to noise, so just feel free to just respond if you like what you're hearing or boo if you don't. Uh, it won't matter to me one way or the other. But I'm really glad to be here and um, I'm just gonna jump into the word because I, I just have a limited amount of time and I want you just to hear this message that's on the screen. I wanna talk today about step up or disappear. All of us have had step up moments in our life. We've had these moments where either we step up or someone else steps up or the ball gets dropped and something else goes wrong. And I believe for every single one of you, this isn't for the person next to you, it's not for the person you wish was here, this is for you today, all right? And you need to step up, all right? <laughs> What's going on? You're like, oh, you scare me. <laughs> but well, I'm just getting started too. It's like, we're gonna really step up here today. And, and really the alternative is disappear, either step up, or disappear, and we're gonna look at a story in the Bible that maybe is familiar to you, maybe you've never read this before, but if you have your Bibles, open to 1 Samuel chapter 26. Yeah, some of my crew is here. We always cheer for God's word, because every time you open God's word, you meet with God, and every time you meet with God, your life is changed, right? So we cheer for it where I'm from, and so thank you for being here and cheering today. Heavenly Father, I pray today that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart would be pleasing unto you. You're my rock and my redeemer. Pray that you would make me quick and accurate this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, in 1 Samuel chapter 26, it is an amazing story of David, and I'm going to just tell him, put the, put the passage on the screen, and I'll just tell you the story. But David was on the run from Saul. Saul was a king who once David was a worship leader for, once David was like a son to Saul, now Saul was filled with jealousy and was out to kill David. And so David has been on the run and Saul is after him. And what happens is Saul stops for the night and he camps and he's got, Saul has 3,000 like Navy SEALs, all right? 3,000 of the best of the best. He has all of the military trained. Now, if you follow David, all of David's mighty men that would become mighty men, if you read about them, it says they were on the run, in debt, and in trouble. See, now that's why we can relate to it, right? You know, Saul has the elite trained. David has the people on the run, all right? He has the people that have had, had problems and so Saul has 3,000 people and they are sleeping in this valley. And it's like a giant circle. And in the middle of the circle, that's where Saul and his armor bearer sleep, all right? So you'd imagine he has his elite guys all the way around in all directions. It's like a giant bullseye from David's perspective. From everyone else, it's the ultimate way to protect your leader is to surround him in this giant circle. So David sneaks over one night and he sees all of this. He sees this giant circle. He sees Saul coming after him. And rather be terrified, David thinks, 
I think I want to do something about this. You know, guys, we're never outnumbered because we have the Lord in our life. You know, so many times we go, oh man, the world, man, it's bad and it's evil and there's so many lost people, there's so many people against me, but greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. When Jesus lives on the inside, you are the majority, even if you're by yourself. That's the truth. And that's what we find here. But so often we have these step up moments. I had a step up moment when I was in junior high school. I was, I was wanting to play in the football team and in seventh grade as a junior higher, I was, and this isn't a lie, I was the smallest kid in my entire school, all right? Jerome was a monster to me at that stage, all right? I was the smallest, I was not always this healthy. <laughs> now you've got a joke, all right? That's not a joke. Haters. <laughs> So I was the smallest kid in the school. I mean, literally 80 pound wimp, five foot, 80 pounds, nothing, just skin and bones. My older brother was a ninth grader. He was the biggest kid maybe in America, all right? His name is Victor, all right? You don't get a name like Victor. You're big from birth if you're named that, you know? It's like my mom gave birth to him. She's like, Victor, you know, it's like she got the victory. He came out, you know, he was like, what's to eat? You know, he, he was eating steak day is born, all right? So he's the biggest kid in the entire school, no lie, the biggest kid. When, when we were in high school, for example, when he was a senior in high school, he played defensive end, he was 275 pounds, six foot five, all conference. At that same time, I was wrestling and as a sophomore, and I was 5'4", 105 pounds. All right, so we ride to school together. It was like Victor and his ventriloquist dummy. You know, it's like, good morning, boys and girls. It's, it's good to be here, you know. And that's how I felt. I was always the little guy. But we were having football tryouts when I was in junior high. And, I, and the coach did this drill. You've probably seen any of you who played sports. Put a football here and a football here. And, and, and all of the linemen and linebackers are on that side. All the wide receivers and running backs on this side. And the coach blows a whistle. You guys have the ball and you try to get by the linemen without going outside of the footballs. And so we had done that week after week after week. I never got to start. I never got to make the team, all right? And so we were, last game of the year, doing the same drill. I wanna play. In fact, I don't even wanna play. I just wanna wear the uniform on Thursday night because junior high, Thursday night lights. And uh, it's probably like six o'clock, so I don't even know if they turn the lights on. But to me, it was big time. I didn't care about playing. I just didn't want to sit in the stands. I wanted to like be on the team that night. So we're going again in that line. And I start looking and I start adding up. I get two away from it and realize it's Victor. I have to go by Victor. And I'm thinking, I've been running from him my whole entire life, you know? And I know things about him. One, he is very slow, all right? I can, I've ran from him, I, he's, you know, I know that. But I get this crazy idea. He'll expect that. I'm gonna go right through him. I'm gonna go right through him, all right? So that's my plan. Coach gives me the ball, blows a whistle. The next thing I know, it was all dark. And I had died, I had died. And it's all true, I know you've seen the movies, you know, and everybody's got a story about life. It's true, there's a circle, and there's light, 
and you just begin to, and I was like, I'm dead. I see the circle of light. I've heard about this. Where's my grandpa? Where's somebody out there? And then I realized my helmet, I was looking through the ear hole. And the coach picked me up and I had dirt in every hole in my head and, and they were all laughing. The whole group was laughing. And I remember the coach said, Chili, I like that spirit. You get to be on the team Thursday night. And I was like, woo! If you had only told me, you just have to be stupid. I, if you told me that, I would have been stupid from day one. So I make the team and we go that night and the game's going on and I've got that all white uniform. I'm number 33, because I'm old. Some of you, most of you, you're so young, you don't even know this, but my hero was Tony Dorsett, all right? And he was number 33, all right? So I had 33 on, but because I was so little, it looked like CC, all right? So I thought that's cool, Chili Chilton personalized jersey, because it was all tucked in. And so the bottom of my threes were gone. I didn't care, you know. There was seventh grade honeys up in the stands and I was on the field, you know. I made the team this week. I don't care. And we got into the fourth quarter, the game is tied. Our wide receiver gets hurt. I have no clue, because I'm not watching the game. I'm just on the field, you know, I'm just happy. And I hear the coach, Chili! And I grab water, that's my first instinct. I'm, you know, water boy, here we go. And he said, put the water down. I'm, I need you to go in. In? Yes, I need you to go in. Our wide receiver's down, and he goes, here's the play. And he's grabbing me by the face, man. He goes, this is the play. Tell the quarterback to play when you get in there. And he goes, just so you know, you're the last option. Vote of confidence right there, you know. Vote of confidence, you know. You know what my play was? It was like force. Run, force, run. That's it. You, when he says hike, you just run and you try to get somebody to follow you. That's it, that's your job, got it. I get out to the huddle. My older brother, the affirmer that he was, what are you doing here? And I go, send me out here, I just like. And I tell the quarterback to play and he goes, you know, you're the last option. Yeah, yeah, the coach told me I'm the last, I get it, yeah. Well, you know, don't screw this up. My brother goes, I will kill you if you mess this up, thank you. Everybody's voting for me. The quarterback says hike, the play goes on, I just take off running. The defensive back doesn't even chase me, he just laughs. He just sees, you know, CC running by. I'm gone, I'm fast though, that's the thing. I'm fast, because I've been running for my life. And I, I finally get way as far as I can go, and I hear people cheering, and I think, okay, it's safe to go back, you know? And I, so I turn around like this, and I see this wobbly thing up here, this brown duck looking thing coming towards me. I start backing up, you know, because that's good wide receiver style, you know. And uh, it comes down, hits my chest, starts to run out there and I grab it and I pull it back. And as I do, I fall straight backwards, landing on my rear end. I'm the only one on the field that doesn't realize my rear end just landed in the end zone. And I just scored the winning touchdown for our junior high team. So thanks for coming to City Life this morning. We hope you enjoyed it and uh, God bless you. No, now, 
We have these step up moments. God has this amazing desire to use people nobody ever thought of. To use people that think they've already been disqualified. You know, we're damaged, we have excuses. We're like, oh, Pastor Jerome, pick somebody else. Pastor Jerome's got a dream team. All of you are on the team. I want you to know when it comes to the body of Christ, there are no spectators, there are no stands. We are on the field. And I see this story, now back to the story, David. He's checked it out, he knows what's going on, and he gets two of his boys to come up, all right? So if we're gonna be history makers, if we're gonna be step up people, I'm gonna give you five quick things, all right? Five ways to make history, five ways to take a stand. And he gets two guys and he brings them up. One's name is Ahimelech, the other's name is Abishai, all right? And all David says to him is, I've already checked this out. You know, the circle, Saul, his armor bearer, the 3,000 ninjas, you know, they're all down there. And David just simply says this, who will volunteer to go in there with me? In there, in there, into the circle of death. Who will volunteer to go in there with me? David asks Ahimelech and Abishai. See, I wonder sometimes for us, we've gotta be decisive. Are you looking for an opportunity or must opportunity look for you? When it comes to us, are, are you, did you come in today going, oh, I wonder what I'm gonna get out of church or I wonder what I'm gonna give? Did you come in today saying, I'm part of the body of Christ, I'm ready to serve, I'm ready to do something. We're Michiganders, I'll shovel or broom snow, whatever they do at City Life. We're gonna move it. And notice the word here, volunteer. It's volunteer, it didn't say who will join my staff. Who will join my team? Who will take the high honor of leader? He goes, I need a volunteer to do some death-defying obedience. We've gotta be decisive. And he doesn't go, pray about it. No time to think about it. No time to think about it. You see, there's some that think the church exists to serve them. Nope, that's not why we're the body of Christ. We are the church. We're the church. You see, and if you have a problem with the church, then you have a problem with yourself. But you serve your way out of complaining. You serve your way out of complacency. Volunteer before you're asked. One of the things I've made like a lifetime phrase of mine is my availability is God's opportunity to do something great for me. Let me say it again, my availability is God's opportunity to do something great through me. That I get up every morning, I go pick me. Pick me, God, pick me. I don't care if it's Victor in front of me, I don't care if it's 3,000 in front of me, pick me. I wanna be choosable. I wanna be used of God. And I know that's what God wants from us. So we've gotta be decisive, every one of you in this room today, to say, I wanna be picked. I wanna be used of God. I don't wanna be a spectator. I don't wanna be a hater. I don't wanna be the person that gets in my car and talks about what was wrong with it, but I become what's right with it. I become a winner. I become somebody that wants to stand up, and if I die on the team, then I died for a noble cause. And that's what David's asking here. He says, I want somebody decisive. And then second of all, we gotta be deliberate. Look at verse six, verse, the second part. It says, Abishai says, I'll go with you. I'll go with you. David says, who will go with me? Ahimelech, Abishai. Will anybody go with me? Ahimelech? Ahimelech? Ahimelech, I ask you first. 
Ahimelech, Abishai, I'll go with you. I'll go with you. We've got to be that deliberate person. Without hesitation, Abishai speaks up. It's not that Ahimelech says no. He simply says nothing. How many times as believers in Christ do we say nothing? God says, I just want you to say something at Starbucks or Big B or Strange Matters. I just want you to say something at Kroger. I just want you to say something at your workplace. And it's not that you're going, no, you just say nothing. You say nothing. We have this opportunity to blow city life up. In one week, we could fill this place. This group could fill this place by next week. But it's gonna take Abishai, not Ahimelech. Ahimelech goes, hmm, that'll be interesting to see what kind of strategy Jerome has. But uh, the Abishai in this goes, yeah, let's do it, what are we doing? I'll go, I'll go with you. Let's wait till it's warmer. <laughs> Where do you think you live? <laughs> this is Michigan, there's no promise. You see, indecision is no decision. Indecision is no decision. Notice, there's no spiritual talk here either. I like that. Let's pray about it. I'm gonna put out a fleece, whatever that is. I don't have a peace about it. Whoever promised peace about it? You know, I hear Christians all the time, I don't have a peace about it. When Jesus said, you guys get in a boat, I'm gonna take a nap, go to the other side of the lake. They didn't, you know, he didn't say, and, and hey, hey, if you have a peace about it. You know, so halfway across the lake, they get a storm and they start peeing their dresses. They're all worried. Oh, what are we going to do? We're going to die. It's a storm. Like the son of man come to earth, born of a virgin, dies in a boating accident. Like that's the plan. He fell out of the back of the boat. He said, that's what happened. See, Jesus didn't say, if you get in my boat, there won't be storms. He said, if you get in my boat, we'll go to the other side. If you get in Jesus' boat today, you'll make it to heaven, but you'll have some storms, but he's in your boat. We, I wanna be in his boat even if it has storms, then sit in the boat that's in the, that tied to a dock. I don't want that. There's a lot of churches tied to docks this morning. I wanna be in one that's risking the storms because that's where Jesus is moving. I wanna be in that. You see, and there's no request for reward. Abishai didn't go like, now if I do this, I am gonna do this. It's in my heart to do this. But can I be on the worship team? Because I love singing. Can I have this title? Can I do this? No. The opportunity, and here it is, guys. The opportunity was simply to go one-on-one -on -one with your mentor to something that he believed in. That's what it's all about, isn't it, Jerome? That's what it's all about, to go one-on-one -on -one with your mentor, to go one-on-one -on -one with somebody who's already done it, somebody who's willing to lead the way. Powerful little phrase, I'll go with you. It's unconditional and it's immediate. There's been little phrases like that throughout history. Isaiah said, here am I, Lord, send me. Joshua said, I am at your command. Jonathan's armor bearer said, I'm with you completely, whatever you decide. Mary said, I'm the Lord's servant. May everything you say come true. Little phrases to this said, yep, I don't know how it's gonna turn out, but I'm in. I'm in. And we need that. And, and I love that about this story. So if we're gonna make history, city life, if we're gonna blow up Lansing for Christ and then go into the nations together, if we're gonna see God do something awesome, we gotta be decisive and we gotta be deliberate. And third, we gotta be dangerous.
Yes. In case you haven't figured it out already, I'm dangerous. All right, I, I lived in Detroit 11 years and I saw, and I saw Detroit improve for 11 straight years. Not just because of me, but when somebody steps out of faith and goes into the city where God has sent you, when you go and you become an answer instead of a complainer and a problem and a finger pointer, God is activated and he is doing a work down there. And we have left a thriving church with a Lansing born boy pastoring that church in Detroit this morning. It's awesome. So look at verse seven. So David and Abishai went right into Saul's camp and found him asleep with his spear stuck in the ground beside his head. Abner and the soldiers were lying, uh, lying asleep around him. I love this. They get all the way in. You imagine the tiptoeing going on. All this armor, all this metal, and they're in at night and they get to the middle of 3,000. There's Saul laying there, his armor bearer totally asleep and his spear right next to him. Faith is often spelled R-I-S-K. You know, I got faith, but it feels like risk. We should have a sense that our mentor is a person of faith. I think Jerome's a person of faith, don't you? I do. I think Pastor Jerome is a person of faith. I think Crystal is so hardcore. She's so awesome. Rob, Jean, Tina, the whole team, Zach, these are people of faith. They're crazy, but they're people of faith. And, and so you go, this is risky. Well, the, you wanna be in risking it for God. If God says he's in it, everyone else says that's risky. You go, that's faith. That's what it looks like. And we should have a sense that our mentors are people of faith and then we add to their confidence. Jerome said the other night, encouragement is putting courage into. That's what we do. We go, I'm with you. Let's go to the middle of the circle. Let's get in the center of the octagon. Let's go right to the heart of the bullseye. If this is what you were called to do, if this is what God has said to do, let's do it. We gotta be bold or even bolder. You know, in Detroit, there was a night after I had preached literally three services and I was getting a bite to eat in Corktown. And as I walked back out, my wife and I drove separate to the restaurant because I had been going to all of our campuses, walked back out and I heard her car unlock. Whip, whip. And I looked over and I thought, did you just unlock your car? She said, no. And the next thing I know, it's being stolen. Her Suburban's being stolen right in front of us. I gave my wife the keys to my car and right at that time, one of my guys, one of my armor bearers pulls up and I go, they just stole her car, go get them. And his eyes were real big and he just steps on it, takes off. Another car pulls up, another one of my armor bearers, one of my guys I've discipled and, and I said, hold on, follow him because he's following the people who just stole my wife's car. And they squeal off and I'm standing right there by the old train station. Superman, Batman movie, you know, the whole thing. I'm standing right there and I am Batman at this moment, all right? And I'm standing there and I can hear cars squealing in the distance. My wife's gone, I'm going, I'm in the middle of the street. I'm, everyone's gone and my car has been stolen. What am I going to do? I can't go into the details, it's another sermon. But I will tell you this, before the night was over, not only did we find where they had hidden my car, we hotwired again with the help of the police and we stole back the car that the thieves had stolen and drove it on. I drove it back, I was so heroic. I remember standing in my driveway in Detroit going, stole back my car. Enemy doesn't steal, 
and when they steal one of your kids and they steal some property, when they go after, we gotta go and take back what the enemy has stolen. Instead of being victims and whining and going, I don't know if my kid's gonna ever serve God again. Go get your kid. Go get your things. Go into the enemy's camp and say, we gotta be dangerous. Because courage often disguises itself as crazy. He does. People go, you're crazy. I thought I, thought I was just being brave. Number four, you gotta be disciplined. Verse eight and nine, God has surely handed the enemy over, Abishai says. And I'll just kind of run this up for you. Abishai goes, we won. We won, David. We won. Here's the enemy. Here's his armor bearer. Here's a spear. He goes, you don't even have to do anything. I will take the spear and I will jam it through his head and I will not have to do it twice. I'm going to pin him to the ground right here. It's go time. And I mean, why else are we here? It's time. You see, it's interesting. But David, David doesn't have a plan like that. David says in verse nine, no, don't kill him. He's the Lord's anointed one. Like going, the anointed one's trying to kill you. But we can't kill him. You see, will you remain devoted when your advice or wisdom is not heard or followed? That's where the discipline comes. When you go, I think Jerome should do this. And you tell him, I think you should do this. This is what God wants us to do. And Jerome goes, that is really awesome. You are such an encourager. Man, that is a good word. I don't think that's what we're gonna do. No, that's not what we're gonna do. Oh, Jerome, you know, I got this vision. God spoke to me. He prophesied into my heart. This is what we should do. And Jerome goes, man, I'm so glad that God is speaking to you. I'm so glad that God talks to you at night. He talks to me too, and we're not gonna do that. Will you stay faithful then? Will you stay faithful then? Will you be disciplined enough to go, all right, cool. What are we gonna do? You see, trust and loyalty grows in situations where we follow even when we think there's a better way. Even, I mean, that's church planning. Somebody's always got a better way. Somebody's written a book that tells you, you should have read this book, Jerome. You should have listened to this church planner. I moved to, to Detroit and didn't have anyone sponsor me. You're stupid. I know. But I call it courage. Don't look or wish for their way to fail just because they didn't take your advice. Always want the best for the kingdom and joyfully and courageously follow. And that leads me to the last thing I'm gonna say today. If we're gonna... If we're gonna be history makers, then we gotta be devoted. We've gotta be devoted. This verse just resonates to me, Pastor Jerome. David says, no, we're not gonna kill him right now. He goes, surely the Lord will strike Saul down someday, someday. That's an open-ended. Or he will die of old age, old age. We got him right now, he doesn't have to die of old age. The Lord forbid that I should kill the one who he has anointed, but take his spear and the jug of water beside his head and let's get out of here. Why did we come here if we're not going to do it? Sometimes God has to take you a place to see if you'll go. And then he goes, now we're gonna do this. It's so powerful here because what you need to understand here, remember the calling, who will go down there with me? Who will be on my dream team? Who will do Get Rooted? Who will follow me? Who will volunteer in kids, in city kids? Who will help us? And at the moment we go, I'll do it. 
I'll do it. And you think, okay, this is it. And then God goes, well, until the dies of old age, someday, and an instant decision becomes a lifetime commitment. All of a sudden, his follower isn't following him for a moment. Now it becomes a lifetime commitment. Ahimelech is gone, he disappeared. There's so many people in history that were given the opportunity to do something great for God. They said nothing and they disappeared. He's never spoken of in the Bible again. Ahimelech is never spoken of again. Abishai, on the other hand, will later be known as the commander of David's bodyguards. And it would be compared to David's mighty men, the three greatest. And it says, then there was the 30 and the leader of those 30 was Abishai and he was just as great as the three. Later in David's life, he will face Saul's or, or Goliath's brother's giants and he'll be in a cave as an old man trying to kill one of Goliath's brothers and Abishai will step in and kill that giant and tell David, you gotta stop fighting. We can't have the light of Israel go out and, and throughout the rest of David's life, Abishai will be there because when he was a young man, he made an instant decision that this is God and it became a lifetime decision for him. He's all in and he will only step away if David chooses to send him. Don't ever become a church person that went. If you're not sent, don't go. I wanna be the person that was sent, not went. What happened to those people? They just went. No, be sent, not went. It's not, you know, oh, I'm gonna try this church and I'm gonna try that church. If God is calling you to step up, then step up. No spectators. If you have a pulse, you have a purpose. And faithfulness is always rewarded. So this morning, I want you just to close in prayer with me right now. Invite the team to come and drum. And this is what I want to do this morning. I want to speak to you on behalf of Pastor Jerome and with the authority of the Lord as he spoke through David in this story. I wanna ask you today, who will go into Lansing with Pastor Jerome? Who will become part of this mission, part of this challenge? Who will become expressive and part of the dream team, part of the work of God, the body of Christ, not for a title, not for a reward, but because your availability is an opportunity for God to use you. And what I wanna to do today is I wanna pray over you and then I'm gonna say, who will go down with me? And I want those same words that Abishai said, if you're here today and you say, I'm in, I'm all in, I'm, I wanna be a part of this. I want you to stand to your feet and throw up your rock fist and I want you to say, I'll go with you. I'll go with you, I'll go with you. All right, get ready for that. Heavenly Father, I pray over this church today that Lord, we would not be spectators, we would not be Lord posers and wannabes, but that Lord, you would call us out today. There is no uh, uh, grandstands, Lord, except in heaven. And Lord, I pray that today would be our step up moment. We would not be a Himalek. We would not just disappear today. We wouldn't just count ourselves out or disqualify us, Lord God. But Lord, today would be a new opportunity to step up. It would be a new opportunity this morning to become what God has created us to become. A voice in Lansing and the surrounding area. A, a, a leader, a follower, a committed soldier of Christ. 
And God, may we be willing to step up. May we be willing to do whatever it takes. Lord, whether it's seen or unseen, Lord, whether it's noticed or not, whether it's rewarded, whether there's a title that goes with it. Lord, we have a city that's going to hell. We are sitting in a middle school, Lord, where these children in this school, Lord, are from broken homes and broken families, and we have the answer in Jesus Christ. So, Lord, I just pray that you would call out us at City Life today. You would call out all of us. And that, Lord, we wouldn't fill this place just so we could have a big church, but because there are lost people that need Jesus, and we want to reach them, God. It's our job. It's our calling. It's our commitment. It's our commitment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, Lord, hear us as we respond today. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Let me ask you this morning, who will go with us? Who will go with us? If you will go, stand up, raise your fist, say, I will go with you. Come on, shout it out. I will go with you. I will go, Lord. I will go, Lord. I'll go with you. I'll go with you. Pastor Drum, come here. I want you to see it because they need to look at their David in this place today. I'll go with you. Come on. Declare it. Put boldness into him. Put courage into him today. I will go with you. I will go with you. I don't care if it sounds crazy. I don't care if no other pastor in Lansing's doing it that way. I'll go with you. I'll go with you. Hallelujah. And you know Abishai, he defeated that giant all those years ago. And, and it tells about the stories of Abishai. And it always talks about Abishai when he has big victories. That he used a spear. That he used a spear. Remember what he took from that circle where Saul was at? He said, take the spear. You see, like God goes, it may not have been what you thought, but I'm going to use that to bring so many greater victories. I'm going to use that spear. I'm going to use that moment of your obedience to bring such great victory. Friends, this is our moment. You know, you're not too old for it. You're not too out of date. You're not too out of commission. You don't have too many sins. You don't have such a bad past. God takes our availability and he forgives and he comes in. If you don't know Jesus today, ask Jesus. Say, forgive me. Come into my heart today. Be my Savior and Lord. This is my step up moment. Man, I don't want to be crazy for God in this church and miss God. Lord, come into my heart and save me. This is our moment. This is our moment today. And we have such an awesome leader, a humble leader, but a crazy leader. And let's just get behind him. You know, and I keep saying let's because I told him back in Novi before he ever even had the name of this church. I said, I want you to always know no matter where I'm at, I'm on your staff. I'm always going to be on your staff. I'm always going to be there. It's like, if you don't have youth right now, I'll be your youth pastor. I'll be whatever. I'm on this. I'm always going to align myself with like-hearted people like that. And so I'm one of us today. And let's just see what God's going to do in and through our lives. Praise God. Pastor Chili. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.